You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. If you have your Bibles, take them to Ephesians, Ephesians chapter number 6, and we'll begin reading in verse number 10. We'll read down to verse number 18, Ephesians chapter number 6. And when you find your place there, if you're able, if you could please stand and honor the reading of the Word of God. And we are a blessed people. Amen. Ephesians chapter number 6 and verse number 10. The Bible says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints." Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your word. I thank you that we can look to you for answers for the problems and the difficulties we face in life. And I thank you that your word is true. I thank you that it's not guesswork. It's not a hope so or a maybe so, but we can say with confidence that we have the word of God. And I thank you that you've given it to us. You've given us all the answers and all the truth we need and help us to obey it, help us to read it, help us to live it, and help us to be encouraged by it today. Lord, if there's anyone that's here this morning in this service or that's listening or watching today that does not know Jesus Christ as their Savior, I pray today would be the day of their salvation. I pray for those who are backslidden. I pray for those who have gotten away from you. I pray you'd bring them back today. I pray for those who may be discouraged, those who may be struggling. I pray that you'd give them help and give them hope and give them comfort today. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your goodness to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. And thank you, Brother Dan, for reading. Thank you, Brother George, for uh, singing that great song. God has been so good to us. And God's goodness did not change because of an election. Aren't you glad for that? Uh, we're not singing, thank you, president, or thank you, uh, political uh, you know, candidate. Thank you for your blessings. Oh, no, we're singing, thank you, Lord, for your blessings. God has been so good. We read in Ephesians 6, and if you were following along, if you were thinking about those verses, I think you probably got the idea that somebody is in a battle. It talks about armor. It talks about standing. It talks about wrestling. It talks about being strong and, and having might. And it talks about uh, uh, some, some enemies. And so I think we realize we're in a battle. I hope we realize we're in a battle. 
1 Timothy 6, verse 12, the Bible tells us that we are to fight the good fight of faith. And I tell you, we are in a battle. If you're here this morning and you are a born-again child of God, you are in a battle today. You were in a battle yesterday. And if Jesus doesn't come back before then, you'll be in a battle tomorrow. We are in a spiritual battle. It is a fight. And that fight, 1 Timothy 6, it says it is a good fight. That word good, of course, we're fighting for the, for the sake of good and the sake of right. But that word good, it means something that is commendable. It's something that is admirable. It is something that is honorable. Now, maybe in your life, maybe you've been in some battles or maybe you've been in some fights or some struggles and you thought, you know, this really isn't a good fight to be involved in. This is not really the kind of struggle that I really want to be involved with. But can I tell you, in the fight for the cause of Jesus Christ, it is a good fight. It is a fight that you are to be commended for fighting. You are to be honored. You are to be recognized for fighting in the cause for Christ. Today is Veterans Day. I hope every veteran that is here, I hope that you realize that your fight and your commitment, I hope you realize that it was worth it. We are here today because of you. We are here today because people were willing to fight for our freedoms. And I hope you realize, I hope our veterans realize that it was worth it, the fight that you were in. But I'll tell you this, if you're a soldier of Jesus Christ, you are in a good fight. You are to be commended. We're in a battle. We are still in a battle and we will be in a battle no matter who the next president of the United States will be. And by the way, if you watch the news, it's already been settled. Um, if you really care about the truth, it hasn't been decided yet. But no matter who the president is, we're in a battle. We're in a spiritual battle. It's not a political battle, although there's a political battle going on. I mentioned in the drive-in service, we have folks in our church who are involved in politics. And can I tell you, I think we need more born-again Christians involved in politics. I think that every born-again Christian ought to get out and vote. I think every one of us ought to do our part. But our number one battle is not a political battle. Our number one battle is not a legal battle, although there's a legal battle that is going on as we speak. But our number one battle and our number one fight is a fight against the devil. And it is a fight for the cause of Jesus Christ. You see, there's not a lot right now that you or I can do about the results of the 2020 presidential election. I wish there was more that we could do. But right now, there's not a whole lot that we can do for that battle. But did you know there's a whole lot we can do for the good fight of faith? We can pray. That, I know that may sound like a novel idea to hear at church. But did you know, as God's people, we can pray. We can serve God. We can keep our eyes on Jesus. We can trust Him no matter what happens in our life. We can trust Jesus. Ephesians 6 tells us how we can be prepared for this spiritual battle. We are in a battle and we must be prepared by putting on the whole armor of God. 1 Timothy tells us to remember we're in a good fight. 
2 Timothy 4, we realize that when we come to the end of our life, we will look back and we will either say, I'm glad I did, or I wish I would have. And when I get to the end of my life, when I have finished my life on this earth, I want to be able to look back like Paul and say, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. How do we engage in the fight? How do we prepare for the fight? How do we stay involved in the good fight? I want you to see, number one, we must realize that it is a constant fight. It is a constant fight. The day you got saved, that decision that you made to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, that was a one-time event. I'm glad I didn't have to wake up this morning and earn my salvation for today because my salvation's already been paid for. And I didn't pay for it. I didn't work for it. I didn't get baptized for it. I didn't join a church for it. I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ and I accepted the free gift of salvation. And that was a one-time event that I got born again, just like it was a one-time event the day you were born physically. It was a one-time event the day that you got born again spiritually. Salvation is a one-time event. But the Christian life is a daily struggle. It is a daily battle. That's why Jesus told his disciples, you must take up your cross daily and follow me. Now, you tell me, maybe, maybe I'm the only one that, that thinks this way, but there are some Sundays where I'm ready to charge hell with a squirt gun. I mean, do you ever have those days where you're feeling good? You're like, this week, my Bible reading, my prayer time, my witness, my relationship with my family, uh, my giving, my serving, my soul winning, I am ready to tackle the world. And then Monday comes around. You're like, I can't even get myself out of bed, you know? I can't even put a smile on my face. It just seems like those pages are so heavy to get those open. Am I the only one that has struggles like that? Do you know what I'm talking about? You know what that means? It means you gotta, every day, get engaged in the fight. And you know why it's so hard? Because you have an enemy. And that old devil, Satan, is on a mission to destroy you. Not only is Satan your enemy, but the world. This world system is against you. This world system is against God. You say, well, how do you know the world system is against God? Well, he sent his only begotten son to be the savior of the world. And guess what they did to Jesus? They crucified him. And if they crucified Jesus, you think they're going to pat you on the back? I'm not getting my hopes up. We have a battle, uh, an enemy, uh, Satan. We have an enemy, the world. And we also have an enemy, the flesh. And this old sinful flesh, boy, that old sinful flesh does not want to get in the Bible. That old sinful flesh doesn't want to pray. The sinful flesh that you and I have does not want to go to church. The sinful flesh does not want to do right. The sinful flesh wants to do exactly what we feel like at the moment. We're in a constant fight. It is every single day. That's why Paul said, I die daily. You must every single day crucify your flesh and yield yourself to the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 6 the Bible says we wrestle. 
We are in a wrestling match. We are in a contest. That word wrestle, it means it's a struggle. We must every day be prepared for the fight because it is a constant fight. Notice in Ephesians 5, in verse number 21, the Bible talks about our relationships with one another. It says, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of the Lord. Then in verse 22, it talks about the relationship with a husband and wife. Then in chapter 6, it talks about a relationship with parents and children. Then it talks about a relationship with an employer and an employee. And then verse 10, it says, and by the way, you're in a spiritual battle. You say, well, well how does all that work? Well, number one, I'll say this. If you're busy fighting your spouse, you're probably not doing very good fighting against the devil. You say, I thought that was the devil. No, your spouse is not the devil. You might be, but your spouse isn't. Just want to make sure you're listening. You see, you're going to have a hard time fighting against the devil and fighting for the cause of Christ if you're fighting with your fellow church member all the time. You're going to have a hard time doing something for God if you're always fighting with your coworker and you're always fighting with your boss and you're always fighting with your neighbor and you're fighting with your parents and you're fighting with your kids. And if everything is a fight, guess what? You're probably not going to be very focused on the real fight and the real struggle, which is a spiritual battle. So we see in Ephesians 6, we see verse 10 that we are to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. We'll talk about it tonight, but our strength comes from God. Verse 11, we're supposed to put on the whole armor of God. Can I tell you, it's important when you go to battle, it's important that you've got protection on every part of your body. And that's where it says put on the whole, put all of it, don't miss a thing, get it all on. It says that ye may be able to withstand, the, the, to stand against the wiles of the devil. Verse 12, we see the real enemy. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. Your enemy is not the person that lives across the street from you. Your real enemy is not the person that you work with. Your real enemy is not the person that you go to church with. Your real enemy is not flesh and blood. If you can see him, if you can touch him, if you can talk to him, they're not the real enemy. Our battle's not against flesh and blood, but our battle is a spiritual battle. Notice verse number 13, we must give it all. It says, having done all to stand. Verse 14, stand strong, stand firm, stand with purpose, uh, stand against the devil and stand for Christ, having your loins girt about with truth. Well, we need Christians like never before to tell the truth. Uh, we live in a world where people, people have no problem lying anymore. People have no problem being deceitful anymore. If it can help you, if it can uh, uh, help you in the, climb the corporate ladder, it can help you make, make you look good. People say, well, I'll lie, I'll cheat, I'll steal, I'll do whatever. And I say, if that's the way you want to live, please don't tell anybody you're a Christian because Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. And Satan is the father of all lies. Boy, I want to associate with Jesus. I want to be a one who, who has the truth in my life. Have your loins girt about with truth, the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod or your feet prepared with the gospel. I was in the drive-in service. I saw in that front row, I saw Brother Fats, Warren and Miss Nora. 
And it reminded me, I, I saw Brother Fats earlier this week. He was driving by somewhere and I was walking and we were just chatting a little bit. And this was the first election in years and years and years that Brother Fats was not out campaigning. Uh, not for himself, but for friends and for people that were running for office. He'd go to those uh, polling places and boy, he'd have those flyers and he'd get people and he'd encourage people in, in voting for the right things and all of that. And this was the first year that he didn't get to do that. But you know what else Brother Fats has been doing? And you know what he's been doing a whole lot more than he's been campaigning and, 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 and polling? For years and years and years, he's been going out every week, passing out the gospel, sharing the gospel. Yeah, you do the voting what, what, once, every, uh, once in uh, May and once in November every two years, but can I tell you what he's been doing for weeks and months and years of his life? He's been doing the most important thing. He's been sharing the gospel with people. I, I get so thrilled and so blessed when I talk to people around town and they say, yeah, I was talking to so-and-so. I work with them or they live around the corner or I met them at the restaurant and they invited me to church and they shared Jesus with me. That's the way it ought to be as God's people. We have the gospel and we must get the gospel out. If our gospel be hid, the Bible says it is hid to them that are lost. We must get it out. Not just your social reform, not just your political preference, not just your idea, not just your favorite sports team, but get out the gospel. Then it says the shield of faith. We must have the shield. We must have the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. We must have prayer and praying always uh, with all supplication in the spirit of God. All oh, we must have the Holy Spirit's power in our prayer. Then it goes on to say that we will have boldness to make known the gospel and that we are ambassadors for Christ. You know, voting only takes place once every two years. You vote and you're done. At least that's the way it should be and you should only get one vote last time I checked. Amen. It's the way it's supposed to be. Amen. But you know what's wonderful is you don't get to pray just once every two years. You can pray every day. You don't just get to read the Bible once every two years. You can read it every day. You don't just get to witness every two years. You can witness every day. And you and I can love God every day and trust Him and worship Him. And we can love our family and we can serve God and be faithful. And we can give and we can be sold out to God every single day. And we are in a battle. It is a constant fight. Number two, I see not only is it a constant fight, but it requires a challenging faith. It's not easy. It's not, it's not convenient. It's not the easy road. It's a challenge. It's difficult. It's difficult to believe in something that you cannot see. It's difficult when you are facing an enemy like the devil. Would you notice in Ephesians 6? And would you notice with me in uh, verse number 15, uh, excuse me, 16, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Now, I have never, and I, I, I'm thankful for this, please don't misunderstand this. I have never been shot at. And I kind of like to keep it that way. But can you imagine, can you imagine being on a battlefield 
And there is somebody who is literally launching darts or shooting arrows or launching spears at you. You know who's doing that? The devil. He's out to get you. He's out to destroy you. And you don't think he's got power? Oh, yeah, he's got a lot of it. And without the power of God, you and I are no match for the devil. That's why we must have the shield of faith. It is a challenging faith that you and I must put on every day. We have the wiles of the devil that we are to stand against. The wiles, it speaks of Satan's schemes. It's his deceitfulness. It's his cunning. Satan himself was transformed into an angel of light. You know, sometimes we think that, that Satan's walking around with horns and a tail and a pitchfork and, and some hideous face and some, uh, some awful, you know, uh, scary laugh and he's trying to get you. Well, no, he's pretty smooth about it. And boy, he can make things look really good. And he's got some cunning. He's got some, some deceitful tactics that he's using. I'll tell you one of them. We could be here all day, but I'll tell you one. Satan has a tactic that he is using to send people to hell. And he doesn't put on the billboard, he doesn't put on the billboard, hell is this way, keep going. You know what he puts on the billboard? Heaven is this way. Keep working. Keep trying. Keep trying to measure up. Keep trying to be a good person. Keep trying to earn your way. Uh, make sure you get baptized. Make sure you join a church. Make sure you do a lot of good things. And he puts up that advertisement, and that advertisement is sending people to hell every single day. It sounds good. That, that sounds great on the outset. Yeah, be a good person. Yeah, do a lot of good things. But if you and I could get to heaven by doing good things, why did Jesus have to die on a cross? He came and died on a cross because he's the only way. No man cometh unto the Father, Jesus said, but by me. But Satan would like to deceive you into thinking that you can get to heaven on your own. God's word reminds us that we are not ignorant of Satan's devices. And by the way, he's got a lot of devices and he's got a lot of wiles. It's a difficult, it's a challenging faith because we are fighting, the Bible says in verse 12, against principalities and against powers. I don't talk a lot about this. I, I, I assume we know this. Uh, I probably need to talk about it more. But these words, principalities and powers, this is literally talking about the demonic powers that are at work in our, we, in our world. And can I tell you, there are demonic powers in our world that are doing everything they can to destroy God's people. Again, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We're not in a physical battle. We're in a spiritual battle. And the principalities and powers, those are demonic forces. And then it says against the rulers of the darkness of this world. That takes it up a notch. You see, in the book of Daniel we find that Daniel was praying and he was asking God and he was uh, fasting. And for 21 days, he was praying and fasting and he got no answer. And at the end of 21 days, the angel came and he gave him the answer to his prayer. And the angel told Daniel, he said, I would have been here sooner, 
but the prince of Persia withstood me. Now, as you read that, you think, okay, well, that was just a prince that was somewhere in Persia. Oh, no, 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 no. That was a high-ranking demon that Satan had put over the nation of Persia, and that demon was engaged in a battle with the angel of God, and that demon was trying to stop the answer to Daniel's prayer. Can I tell you, if we had any idea all of the battles that are going on around us that we cannot see, the battles between Satan and the battles with, between God and his angels and Satan and his demons, we would be scared out of our minds. You say, what are we going to do? Huh. We're going to keep trusting God because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Here is the victory that overcometh the world, even our Faith, yes, it is a challenging faith, but we have the power of God against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness, the wickedness of this world. And then it says this, against spiritual wickedness in high places. The word spiritual is literally talking about the spirit world. It's not talking about, you know, be spiritual, be godly. Be, no, no, no. It's talking about the spiritual world. And it says that there is a, a spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, when I think about satanic activity, you know what I automatically think of? I automatically think of drugs, and I think about alcohol, and I think about uh, the nightclubs and the strip clubs, and I think about these things that you would you, you would say, boy, that's the that's the worst, and that's the lowest, and that's the the vilest, and, and you think about things like that. But that's not what Ephesians six warns against. It says you're fighting against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now I'm not trying to be all spooky. I'm just trying to be honest with you here this morning. Okay. How many of you like it when somebody's honest with you? Good. That's why most of you probably don't watch the mainstream news anymore. But anyway, can I tell you, we are wrestling against spiritual wickedness in government offices. You say, no way. That's all political stuff. Oh, no. That's, oh, oh no, 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 no. Do you think Satan cares about elections? Oh, you better believe he does. Do you think Satan cares about having political power? You better believe he does. Do you think that Satan would like to influence a nation that has been built and founded upon God? Oh, you better believe he does. There's spiritual wickedness in high places. You say, oh, man, we're just attacking the politicians. Oh, no, no, no. I got more on my list. Did you know there's spiritual wickedness in corporations? Did you know there are CEOs and there are presidents of companies and there are people who are being controlled by the power of Satan to try to do, destroy the work of God and try to hinder the work of God? Did you know there's spiritual wickedness in professional sports? Did you know there's spiritual wickedness in Hollywood? I knew that one. I, I hope you did too. 
Did you know there is spiritual wickedness with media corporations? Did you know there's spiritual wickedness with people who control social media platforms? I'm telling you, I'm not trying to be some weird conspiracy theorist. I'm just telling you there is spiritual wickedness in high places. And last but not least, did you know there's spiritual wickedness in religious organizations? You better believe it. There's spiritual wickedness in high places. You say, well, pastor, you have about, you've about put us into the grave this morning. You've about scared us to death with all this stuff. So what are we supposed to do? You, we're in a battle and Satan is out to get us and, and he's fighting against us with principalities and powers. So what do we do? Well, we remember not only that it is a constant fight and a challenging faith, but we recognize this morning that there will be a crowning finish. We already know how it's going to end. Why would you be nervous when you know how the battle is going to end? We know that we are on the winning side. We know that we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. We know we have victory in Jesus. We know that the battle is worthwhile. We're not wasting our time. We're not in a fight for nothing. We're in a fight for a purpose. And we can stand before Christ someday and hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. We will get to heaven. And we won't regret that we fought. We'll regret that Maybe we didn't fight more. So, in closing, I've scared some of you and I'm going to make the rest of you mad now. But in closing, because we are looking for a crowning finish and because we are in a good fight of faith, I want to remind you and I hope to encourage you. The ones that I don't make mad, I hope I'll encourage the rest. I want to remind you this morning that our allegiance to God ought to be greater than our allegiance to our country. Now, hang on. Please don't walk out of here and say, oh, pastor, I don't even care about our country. Oh, you better believe I do. I love this country. I'm proud to live in the United States of America, and I realize that it is a blessing of God that when I was born on May 21st, 1979 in Santa Clara, California. It was a blessing of God that I was born in the United States of America. I thank God for that. I thank God for what this nation has stood for. I thank the Lord for uh, what this nation has done for me and my family. And I'm thankful for the freedoms that we have. But hang on. My allegiance to God is greater than my allegiance to a country. You see, I have dual citizenship. You didn't know that about me. I probably should have told you before I came to pastor. But I have a citizenship in another country, not just this one. My citizenship is in heaven. And you see, if I ever had to pick between the two, I'd pick that one every day of the week. You see, I love the United States of America, and I'm a citizen of the United States of America, but I'm a citizen of heaven. And I may live in the United States of America. I hope the Lord gives me 60, 70, 80, 90 years. I hope the Lord gives me that long. But I'm going to spend forever in heaven. And my allegiance is in a heavenly country, not an earthly country. You see, I love this flag. And we've got a lot of them up here. 
Normally, we have the one by the piano and we have the one by the organ. And I love them both. We're going to keep them both up. But if I had to pick and if I had to tell you, is my allegiance better to Christ and stronger to Christ or is it stronger to my country? I would say, I'll take Christ. You see, that's where my allegiance belongs. That's where your allegiance belongs. The Bible is more important to me. Now, hang on. Don't throw things. I'm, let me get down and get in duck here just so you don't throw stump, something at me. I've got more confidence in this book than I do our Constitution. And I love our Constitution. That Constitution is a gift from God. But let me tell you, that Constitution was what was framed by men that God guided and God directed. But the Constitution was not inspired. But this book sure was. And this book sure is. And my confidence is in the Bible, not a constitution. You see, no matter who my president is, my king is Jesus Christ. And he doesn't have to worry about an election being stolen. As a matter of fact, he doesn't have to worry about counting ballots. He doesn't have to worry about software glitches. You know, as a matter of fact, you don't have to worry about any of that stuff because he's not having an election. It's already been settled that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall, uh, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. He's the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. And he doesn't even need a single vote because it's already been settled. He won't be the king for four years. As a matter of fact, he's the king right now. He was the king before and he always will be the King of kings and Lord of lords. And then, I don't know if you realize this or not, I don't mean to brag and I certainly don't mean to boast and I don't mean to, to sound arrogant, but I'm related to the king. Oh yes, oh yes, I'm a child of the king. His royal blood now flows in my veins and I who was wretched and poor now can sing, praise God. Praise God, I'm a child of the king. Now, there aren't a lot of children that you would put in charge to rule over something. I've got, my wife and I, we've got two of ours here on the front row, Lacey and Savannah, and they're very responsible. And they can handle authority pretty good, and they can handle power pretty good, and we'll tell them, hey, go tell Chloe this, or tell Kylie this, or do this for Micah, and they do pretty good. But can I tell you what's amazing? Jesus is going to enlist me, his child, to rule and reign with him for a thousand years during the millennial reign. Now, I have confidence in Christ. I am not so sure I have a lot of confidence in us, but it's going to be okay. He's got it under control. You say, what happens after the thousand years is up? Oh, after a thousand years, we're just getting started because he's going to rule and he's going to reign forever and ever and ever. Our nation is not guaranteed to last forever. As a matter of fact, no nation will last forever. But his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. And of his dominion, there shall be no end. This morning, I hope to encourage you by telling you we are in a fight. It's a spiritual battle. It's a good fight. It's worthwhile because we're on the winning side and we have victory in Jesus Christ. 
Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.